Hello. Welcome to Pat and Stu. Uh, I'm Pat. This is Stu. And uh, uh, that. Ah. And then you got that. Some people call him Jeffy. Others call him the blob. Some call him the thing that ate Milwaukee. Um, wait, wait, and wait, some call him the, peop- the person who talks all the time without his microphone on. Right, a lot of people call him that. A lot of people call him that. So, which is pretty accurate. Maybe some, you could turn on your microphone. Some people call him uh, overweight. <laughs> oh, really? Has that happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, huh. my gosh. Many times. Hmm. Well, I'm extra shiny today. Are you really? Yeah, look at that. Extra, yeah. extra shiny. Okay. It's a, it's a good start to the show. Uh, Nick well, Ch- just don't put your head down, then. You'll be yeah. blinding people. Yeah, I know. So. That's it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, Chuck Todd is uh, a guy. You know, Glenn has talked about Chuck Todd quite a bit. He's, he's been on the show with Chuck Todd a few times mm-hmm. and, and has raved about him, I would say. Um, and said he's been really fair, he's been inquisitive, he's actually tried to understand. And every time he brings this point up, because mm-hmm. we will bring up a lot of times, Jake Tapper, John Carl, yes. Anderson Cooper. Indeed. Well, we will bring up these names and say, here's some examples of people who we might not agree with everything, but at least they're trying to be fair. And then, and then uh, inevitably, Glenn will say, eh, Chuck Todd! And we're like, oh. I, every yeah. time he says it, it feels weird. Yeah. However, I will give uh, credit here where credit is due. Sure, it, he did a good job yesterday. Really good job with Chuck Schumer um, talking about Neil Gorsuch. Uh, here's, a, here's a clip for you. Our Republican friends are acting like, you know, they're a cat on the top of a tree and they have to jump off with all the damage that entails. Come back off the tree, sit down what? and work with us a and we will analogy. produce a mainstream like nominee. A it'll it'll why, be, why should, one more point, one well, more point, Chuck, on here. It'll be a Republican but, nominee. But right. remember, Democrats voted for Roberts and Alito, and he got both of them got the 60 votes. All right. But there are already two Democrats for Neil Gorsuch. So there already is a bipartisan uh, majority no, that support him. And, and look, I, two is two. Uh, it's more than <laughs> yes, zero it for what it's worth. But <laughs> yeah. why should Senator McConnell work with you guys on this when you changed the rules first, uh, well, when you decided to do this? And again, a change that you yourself said this week. And two months ago that you regret and it was a mistake. We never, but I don't regret not changing it for the Supreme Court. And let me read you a quote of Mr. McConnell. You like to put up quotes. He said, I think we can stipulate, and my good friends on the other side of the aisle stipulated from time to time over the years when they were in the minority that in the Senate it takes 60 votes on controversial matters. That has been the tradition of the Senate for a long time. This is nothing new. Then why did you change the rules in the first place? I go back to this because now we're going down the slippery slope. And everybody has hypocrisy on their side to point the finger. But you guys are hand in hand sliding down this slope. Tell me this. In 10 years, do you think the filibuster will still be alive for anything? Yes, that's one one of the few things that my dear friend Mitch said on the show that I agree with. I don't think there's any thirst to change the legislative uh, rules, 60 votes for that. Most Democrats and most Republicans have served in both the minority and majority and know what it means. But why not? You know, you can do a lot of finger pointing. Each side has some right here. Let's stop this now. And the way to stop it is the way I mentioned. What a douchebag. Uh, there's a reason he's really, in the douche There's Hall of no fame. doubt about that. Let's stop this now when I'm losing. Yeah. And then we'll re- reinstate it when I'm winning. There's a simple way to do this. Just do what I want. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all you have to do is just uh, appoint the guy that I want you to nominate. Just nominate the guy that I want. It's so ridiculous. I mean, they've got Sonia Sotomayor, who is to the left of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm-hmm. and and they got 
they got there. She was not a mainstream candidate. No, not I even mean, close. Neil Gorsuch is so much more mainstream than Sonia Sotomayor, but they'll they'll always say they always point the finger. That's not mainstream. That's an extreme right wing. He's not extreme right wing. No, he's just no, not. You know, I, even if he were, so what? It should be. You know, he should, he should be, be right wing. He, he should, should be. be. He should. What he shouldn't be. I mean, I guess the, the he complaint should be happens. Frontal. I yes, I want to strike down Roe v. Wade. He should be that. I would be fine. I'd be okay with that. Um, however, uh, the like, for example, Pryor um, was another guy they talked about for this seat, and he's known as kind of being more outspoken, more uh, you know, uh, controversial, mm. and. You know, like, and that was the same thing with Bork, right? Like, they thought he was so outspoken and so, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we can't have this guy. Gorsuch, honestly, if anything, is going to bore you to death, right? I mean, he's not a—he is not a guy that even fits into the stupid dynamic of being too conservative because you're outspoken. All. He's very calm, very measured. Cr- has criticized the president Completely multiple reasonable. times that ha- that that uh, that nominated him. Mm-hmm. He appears to be very independent. He has a great record. He has every single thing, every box you want to check with Neil Gorsuch. That's why it feels like it's a fake, uh, a fake protest. You know, it, it feels like. Well, look, we need to get dollars from all these, uh, you know, extreme left wing groups when it comes to election time. So let's act like we all did it. And then those annoying moderate senators screwed us over by not going for that filibuster. That's what it feels like. Um, and so far, we're now we're seeing um, a couple more. Remember, if you heard in that interview with Chuck Todd, he said they have two Democrats who have, are going to vote with the Republicans on this. Um, now they have four. Oh. Um, so you have uh, uh, Heitkamp and Manchin, as, as it was mentioned there. You also have Donnelly from Indiana, and you have Bennett from Colorado, who just came out mm. as we were uh, speaking in this break and has said he will now uh, vote. I don't know that he's going to vote for Gorsuch, but he's going he's to not filibuster um, to shorthand it um, because it's a, it's a cloture vote and everything else. But he's not going to filibuster. So that gives you four. Um, they need three more. They need to get to 41. Because um, sixty, you need, if you get sixty votes, you can uh, push this through. Uh, then, so the, the Democrats need to get to forty-one votes. They currently have uh, forty. So uh, we, there are four left. Here are the four. You need to get one of these. Angus King from Maine, who is actually an independent, not a Democrat. I think you might be able to get him on Gorsuch's side. Bob Menendez from New Jersey. He's very liberal, but occasionally sides uh, is occasionally reasonable. You might be able to get him. Ben Cardin from Maryland, who is not reasonable, however, has shown for whatever reason he's open to voting for Gorsuch. Uh, the one, though, it's going to be real tough is Chris Coons from Delaware. How are you getting him mm. in this boat? He's very liberal and he's in Delaware. <clears throat> what, what benefit is there? Let's say change the rule and just get him out of 51. And that's the thing. That's what just will happen. Just if they the get rule. to 60 votes, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. This, 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 this is dead. Just get him in. Who, who cares? Shut up. We don't have to go back and talk to you, Chuck Schumer, about the nominee. We don't have to do that. Barack Obama certainly didn't do that with Sonia Sotomayor or, or Elena Kagan. Kagan. No. I mean, come on. There was, there was no back and forth with Republicans. And there was never back and forth re- with Republicans. Barack Obama's thing was always, well, I'm, I'll entertain any reasonable proposal. Meaning, I'll entertain any proposal that agrees with me. Yep. That's what he meant by saying that every single time. And that's the way he acted the entire eight years. I don't, there should be no compunction among these guys to, to cave into Chuck Schumer. They no, should just I, tell him to go pound sand, shut your mouth, we're going 51, and have the vote. I honestly don't think 
they will on this one. I don't know why. You don't think they they'll fail cave? all the time. I do not think they'll cave. I think if sure it, if not. Gors if they get to this uh, forty one votes and they can filibuster this, I believe the Republicans are going to say it's over, fifty votes. Hope so. And you know that honestly, so. honestly, Pat. I, I, you know because people are going to say, well, that's going to when the Democrats get in, they're going to be able to put their yeah, people. Yeah, they already in. did. You know, they should be able to. Yeah, and they've already done it. So they should be able to. It doesn't scare me at all. Of course they're going to. They're going to do they it anyway. They never worry about doing to Republicans what they don't want Republicans to do to them. They never worry about it. They do not play the golden rule game at all. So uh, I'm not, I don't have any problem with it. Just do 51. Let's call it a day. Put them on the bench. Have it ready by the April session. Done. It, it, and by the way, it's already April. So... They better get that. Uh, they better get that going because at the end of the month, they're they're hearing some pretty important cases, and uh, and it'd be nice to have Neil Gorsuch on the bench when they when they do. Uh, looks like um, New York Times is uh, talking about when populism turns authoritarian, uh, and apparently Venezuela is a really good case in point. I love. Um, yeah, this is great because you know here is uh, here is the New York Times who has not been critical of Venezuela and their socialism this entire time. And finally, they're going to criticize the... uh, the philosophy, but they're not going to call it socialism. No. They're going to call it populism because that now they can compare fault. to Donald Trump. Now they see the the, the mean, air in the ways. How pathetic is that? How gr- that? That is great, though. That is classic mainstream media. That's all this mm-hmm. time they sat here and defended this Hugo socialist Chavez. monster. Yeah, and now the fact that finally yep. they can say, you know what, populism—that's like Trump. <laughs> now. They're critical. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. Let me give you this from. Uh, I, I, do we have the uh, tweet? Oh yeah, this is great. From so transparent. Look at this. This is a great. Someone put together these two. Uh, Michael Moore from 2013. Hugo Chavez declared the oil belonged to the people. He used the oil to eliminate 75 percent of extreme poverty, provide free health and education for all. Uh, today, May 18th. Or this is actually from last year. Venezuela food shortages cause some to hunt dogs, cats, and pigeons. <laughs> now, I would say oh, uh, Michael Moore uh, should be seen as irrelevant after the, just this one thing. However, he <clears throat> kind of already is. So it actually worked maybe in this case. But it's funny because so many people looked at Hugo Chavez when we were going through this. Sean Penn was down there. He was saying he was a great guy. Sean Penn, um, Danny Glover. Yeah, uh, there's a they whole list of socialist loving uh, dictators. They they just, they love these guys, but now people are hunting cats and dogs and pigeons to have food. It's a little bit different story. Yeah, but by the way, it's not populism in Venezuela. It's socialism. Socialism. It's socialism. Now, yeah, you know, some of the appeal because you know part of socialism is authoritarianism. And there are similarities uh, to some of the authoritarianism uh, that we see across the globe. And some of the pleas from Trump, I alone can do this. Uh, yeah. some, of the, uh, some of the worship of him from voters. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is some similarity. However, there's a lot more similarity than, to what Barack Obama was doing. Uh, from, from what uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to what uh, Bernie Sanders is pitching. Like, we're talking about policy after policy after policy that are identical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the only reason they're not identical <laughs> is because Republicans have stopped them from going that far. 
And yet, though, you know, never was there uh, cr- real criticism of that policy-wise. It's always, well, he was a madman, or he, yeah, he was an authoritarian, or uh, he was corrupt. There's all these little side effects to socialism that they will blame the, the effects of actual socialism on. They'll always say it's something else. Well, you know, uh, Soviet Russia, eh, they were corrupt. There's always some excuse as to why their little philosophy isn't paying off this time. Even though there's no examples of it actually paying off for anyone ever. Which is kind of a problem with your philosophy. We have no yeah, examples. I would think so. Uh, although they sometimes point to, for instance, Norway. Norway. Well, Norway. The, the Norwegians have everything. That's the most wonderful place in the world. Sweden is the second most wonderful place oh. in Switzerland. And, and they're the third most wonderful place in the world. And then Denmark. What about Denmark? Um, I will say... What, I, what about Denmark? You didn't even answer the question, Stu. First of all, Switzerland is much more libertarian than... Uh, in many ways, the United States. Yeah. You're out of ho- pocket health care costs. They lead the world in it. Much more than the United States, they're out of pocket health care costs. Um, among other things, we've already obviously talked about the, uh, you know, uh, the at least former policy of them having uh, you know, guns in, in the hands of most people as, as, act as a standing yeah, army. Their gun policy is something else. Yeah. It goes beyond ours, or at least it used to. I don't know if they're still They have changed that recently yeah. uh, to adjust it a little bit. But still, it's, it's uh, you know, there's a, I mean, when Ron Paul was asked, what country do you think is closest to libertarianism? It might have been by Glenn. He said Switzerland. I mean, so that, so yeah. you bring up Switzerland all you want, but another thing we could bring up here is uh, your son who went to was it Finland? F- Finland. And this is their socialist mm-hmm. democracy. What was life like there? Now there were a lot of good people there, yes. a lot of good things there. And he it, loved it. But and he loved it. But what was the lifestyle like? Uh, the lifestyle is far below ours. And he that was something. I mean, he loved America be- before he left, but when he came back, he had such an amazing appreciation for uh, where he grew up and where he lives because. Finland is a place where they don't have a standard of living like we do. Almost everyone lives in apartment buildings. Almost everyone. Hardly anyone has a private single-family residence. They just almost don't exist. Only the wealthiest people uh, in Finland have an actual home to their own. Um, And they don't have washer and dryer sets in their homes they uh they their taxes are outrageous because they pay for everybody's college if you want to come there from let's say a lot of northern africans are coming up to finland now because they're offered free college so they come up there and and they have college on on the finns and congratulations nice and so while they have a pretty decent income of something like 46 or 47,000 dollars uh on average they have a take home pay if i remember this correctly of about twenty three thousand dollars it's it's unbelievable how much is taken from them in taxes and so as a result they don't have a lot of you know disposable income at the end to be buying a decent house and and a washer and a dryer set things we take for granted here in the united states um the the price of food is outrageous the cost of uh clothing is through the roof uh and they just don't have the same kind of freedom that we do they don't have the lifestyle that we do, and they don't have the freedom that we do. And it's continually thrown in our faces as if, well, the socialist countries in Finland and Sweden and Norway are great. No, they're really not. They're really not. Yeah. I, you know, if you want to trade, 
uh, your nice home and your nice car and for your a seven hundred fifty square foot one bedroom apartment, go ahead. Yeah, you can have that. I mean, uh, you know, I still think in the long run those countries wind up failing if they go too far the socialist way. Yeah, um, because you, you'll see, you're seeing this with immigrants now from North Africa. They are draining that system. Yeah. And yes, as of right now, most people don't you know do want to go to the freezing cold uh, <laughs> to take advantage of those things. Uh, but a lot of them do, and it increases as they go. And as you, as you get a society that changes and is more diverse and, and allows uh, more and more people in who don't maybe know the language or and don't... that's the thing. You know, that's a fairly new phenomenon, uh, mm-hmm. are all of these immigrants, because they're not usually pouring into Finland uh, and Norway, but they are now. Uh, all of these refugees are pouring in from Africa to, and the Middle East uh, to Finland, and so now they're starting to experience some of the problems of diversity. Um, and before we leave, I, I must give my favorite pet story about this exact topic, uh, which is Den- from Denmark, uh, the World Series of Poker of 2008 uh, at the Rio Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. I like this story. De- Denmark's Peter Eastgate became the youngest ever winner of the world title. Very much a new breed of player, 22 years old, Danish, mathematically brilliant, who gave up a fledgling career in accounting to turn pro. As the winner of the main event, he won $9.2 million. $9.2 million. This is, you know, kind of in the, the back end of that real poker, uh, you know, craze that went on uh, in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. As the winner of $9.2 million, who actually would end up with the money? Hmm. Denmark's tax rate is 45% on the first $4 million um, uh, Danish kroners, uh, which is $680,000. So 45%. Oh Forty-five percent on, on the first six hundred eighty thousand dollars. All right. After that, then they start kicking into gear. <laughs> it's seventy-five oh percent on income gosh. above that. Oh my god. So gosh. Mr. Eastgate will owe about six point seven million dollars of the nine point two he won. Six point seven go to Danish taxes, and he oh will keep gosh. only two point five percent of the prize. Just twenty-seven percent of it he keeps. In other words, he, face, uh, he fa- faces an ex- effective tax rate of 72.77%. Almost 73% mm-hmm. taxes. Now, the guy who finished second Jeez. Uh, was from Moscow, Ivan Demidov. Oh, where they've got a flat tax of like 13 or 15%. He won $5.8 million, but at a 13% tax rate, he will only pay mm-hmm. $755,000 to taxes. After taxes, Ivan will still have more than $5 million, more than twice as much as the first-placed finisher. I'm sorry, that's immoral. That is immoral. That's it immoral. Really is. For the government to take, I don't care how much money you're making, it's immoral care. to take 73% of yep. it away from people. Mm-hmm. That's madness. That's madness. And you know what he should do? And I don't know what he did. I, this is an old story, but I just love it. Uh, but I mean, it should defect. I would, I, I should there's leave. absolutely no way I'm, I'm, I'm living in that country oh, anymore after that. No way. No way. In fact, before that, because no I would know the tax rules. But there's no way. And you know what? You might say, well, you don't care. Wait, America had those rights. You'd move. Yep. Yes. I would live somewhere else. And I would say to myself, you know what? The freedoms that this country, and, and the reason why I love it is not because it's a certain land and a certain part of the globe. It's because of the freedoms this country provides. It's about mm-hmm. the idea of America. And if they abandon it so badly that the tax rate is 73% of my earnings, screw off. Yeah. What, what, what place has... Uh, embraced freedom because I will find it. I promise you I will find it. It's not Russia either. I would not move to Russia for a 13% <laughs> tax rate. There is a balance here. But there's, you can definitely find a place that's going to do a hell of a lot better the job than that. And that's if you want to live in a place man. that punishes your success with a 75% tax rate, good riddance. Go find it. Yeah. Don't bring it here. Well, France tried that for a while. And it lasted for two years. Yep. 
And there so many people left. And there were, they had so many problems with the 75% tax rate. Uh, they went back down. It's still like 51% or something. So high. And but, still immoral. But still immoral. To but me, anything. They, they knew they couldn't get away with that for long. And libertarians will, will argue with this and say 0.1% is immoral. Because you are taking, yeah. you are taking, your, it's theft. You're taking money from people who do not want to give you the money and giving it to other people. So, and I, am, I like that philosophy. But in our current state. We should. I, I, this is another one of my constitutional amendments. I've got, a, as you know, I've kind of got like Mark Levin's book just bouncing around. This show, I would say, has Mark Levin's book. There's one person, one bathroom. Uh, mm-hmm. There's several constitutional amendments we want to pass. And our <laughs> constitutional amendments aren't quite as good as Mark's, I'm sure. However, they're pretty effective. <clears throat> to me, there should be a constitutional amendment. I'm saying every tax added up at every point, property, uh, uh, income, mm-hmm. sales, uh, excise, Everything mm-hmm. should never cross 50%. 49.9 should be the absolute maximum if you add up and every that's, single that's tax. That's and that's way high. too high. But you should not be able to take more than half the money of the citizen who's earning it. Yeah, that crazy. is insanity. It and is when immoral. you add them up, I mean, you've got 44. <clears throat> we went to war with Britain for less than that. Oh, not, and not Much even close. Less than that. Not even close. It was a 44.8 percent is the actual effective tax now uh, for the uh, for the highest earners. You add on to that, you add on um, your state tax, which in California is 13 percent. 13 percent. You add up city taxes, which are sometimes 5 percent. You can easily get to these crazy European rates right here in the United States. Yep. And that doesn't even include sales tax and property tax and all the other things that they hit you with. It's insanity. I mean, it's, it's completely immoral to take more than half of someone's earning uh, that, that, that mm-hmm. they did the work for. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. It is. It is. Right. Oh boy! Plus seventy. <laughs> That's right. Day Is seventy. Day. Of gear held hostage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Day Look at seventy. That. Yes. I gotta hit seventy one. I got. I gotta have plus seventy. My this defies plus 70. the freaking laws of physics. I, I firmly believe it defies the that laws. Is fantastic. Of physics. I don't know how it's possible. Now, there you, can't be enough helium in that to keep it up on the ceiling. It's incredible, uh, and it will not. It will not end. I, I mean, I'm you surprised. Thought, you I'm, thought like a month ago it was coming down. Oh, I, I did. I mean, look at it. It's now now it's basically fully inverted, as you see here. Only the the stem of mm-hmm. the Y touches the ceiling. Uh, and if you see, it's now moving a yeah. lot. Like because it's been on. If you kind of look at an older picture, I don't know if we have one, but the, the, the curved area mm-hmm. of the ceiling there, mm-hmm. it's been living over there for 68 days. I mean, here's six, day 63. That's see what's on the curve. Oh area? yeah, yeah. It has moved now to the flat area. Now the flat area. We are at the point now where the flat area, I could probably get it. Because um, it's... it's uh, Why? There's can no... You, get it? you can't... You can't... Don't even touch that How thing. How can oh. you get it? Well, there. That's day 52. Yeah. Uh, look at day 70. Okay. Now, I am taking that picture. Uh, I'm zoomed in a little bit, but... Uh, could you, like, reach up with a broom and pull that down now? Yeah. Like, now, I think I could bat that thing down now. But it's science at this point. I mean, yeah, I, no I, this is not about yeah. me getting the balloon well, off I'm the I'm surprised uh, you know, the government hasn't broken down your door to take that. That's got to be some kind of special government <laughs> material or something. It is an E.T.-like situation, <laughs> I can see. Or an Elian <laughs> Gonzalez-type situation. This does need to be studied. It does. Do uh, you think it's making it to 100? I mean, I don't think so. No way. Uh, no Maybe. way. How can you say that? I, well, I thought that I, at about day 20. <laughs> People are pointing out, too, a big issue here is, uh, you know, air conditioning is becoming yeah. a factor. Yeah. And A, it's moving it. 
right? And B, now that it's getting hot here in Texas, uh, the temperature of the room is going to be changing, and that yeah. could also mm-hmm. change the scenario. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I honestly... Anything could happen. Mm-hmm. If this thing walked down the wall to the ground and just w- opened the door and left, I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Uh, day 70. That's amazing. The child. 70 days. It, it, was a, it was a baby shower. That is the why from the word boy. It was a boy. Right. The mm-hmm. boy was born and is now home growing up. It's, I think, the boy graduated just graduated college. from high school yesterday, <laughs> last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there that you go. Great. Day seven. The okay. Update update. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly amazing. Uh, apparently, oh, Russia shit. trolled the Democrat Party uh, in an April Fool's Day prank. So we yeah. missed April Fool's, right? It was mm. on Saturday. 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 Yeah. So lots of uh, lots of bad efforts. I think it's time to shut the holiday down. Yeah, yeah. it's not a holiday, it obviously, yes. but I think right. it's time. I, it I, I've time. never been a big April Fool's Day fan. No. Sometimes people will do cute things. Like April we've done the um, we've done this story last couple of years where like the best April Fool's pranks of all time, and some of them are pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are pretty inventive. We're at the point though; it's time well, to shut it down. By the way, where are the Oreos? Do you know, Jeffy? You know this because uh, you're um, overweight. overweight. Uh, would the Oreos? Uh, there was an ad I kept seeing of. <laughs> No cookies, just the cream Oreos. And I'm like, that's got to be an April Fool's Day mm-hmm. prank. Was it an April Fool's Day prank? Actually, I, I would like to say I know what you're talking about, but I don't. <laughs> what does that say about me? Uh, I'm trolling so, the uh, Nothing good. No, but it was like called, they were called All Star Oreos, and they had oh, no. no uh, uh, was that on I, Saturday? It had to be. A, Did they tweet it out Saturday? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I started seeing it this weekend, so okay. I just assumed it, might be, it was a, I mean, it might be the, the baseball Oreos, right? I don't. All-Star mm-hmm. Oreos? You seeing anything on it? Um, no, normally, we would fill while Jeffy's no. looking, but we just want food so badly. I know, so just, hungry. Yeah. Uh, gosh, what do we have for spoons today? Can we look at that real quick before we get to this Russian sure troll we can. effort? We can do whatever we want. It's our show. <laughs> so, go ahead. Go That's ahead. That's right. You're look, right. Yeah. I, didn't even think, I never even thought of that. Whatever we want. Okay, I'm looking. So, while you're looking, though, let me tell you another company oh. uh, tweet that happened uh, over the weekend, and this was not an April Fool's joke. Uh, McDonald's tweeted out, uh, today we've announced that by <laughs> mid 2018, by mid 2018, all quarter pounder burgers at the majority of our restaurants will be cooked with fresh beef. So, so Wendy's tweeted out. Uh, okay, so you'll still use frozen beef in most of your burgers in all of your restaurants. <laughs> Asking for a friend. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. I think that's awesome. Pretty solid. And it's really funny. I, I dumb by McDonald's. Like, I, uh, I, I, what yeah, a dumb on. tweet that is. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good thing. No. Well, it's a Panera Bread is going through this as well. All these, all these stupid restaurants are trying to convince you that they, you know, the, every buzzword from a food blog you've ever read uh, is, is has to do with their food. So Panera Bread, which is not, I don't think it's called Panera Bread anymore because. There's been food, um, food blogs and trends that have decided that bread is bad, as Pat has pointed out many times. Mm-hmm. Gluten is bad, so they don't call it Panera bread anymore. Now it's just Panera. Um, so Panera is out there, and they had a, they had a thing they were running for a while. I don't know if they're still doing it. They're like, by the end of next year, it's always like they never have done it. D- tell us when you've done it. Don't mm-hmm. tell us you're going to do it. But by the end of next year, all of our food will be clean. <laughs> Wait, what? You haven't had clean you, food? You're eating dirty food right. at Panera? 
I don't want dirty food. Now, what they mean is this mysterious <laughs> definition of the clean. word clean. You're eating clean. Which is not yeah. real. It's just this BS like, well, it's only got four ingredients, so therefore it's good. Yeah, well, one of the ingredients is lard. It doesn't matter. Four ingredients doesn't mean anything. Um, it doesn't matter how many ingredients you have in your food. Um, and it's like, this is the thing, though. It's like, well, I, I have no bad things, no chemicals, no... You know, they go to this whole, this whole deal. And it, so clean eating means... God knows what. To, 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 different things to different people. So but it's a great testing word. Clean eating. Oh, my God. What a great phrase. That, that tests wonderfully. <laughs> so they tried to work that into their stupid ad campaign. It was like, it came out as, we were, in about a year, we'll have clean food. Well, that's, that's nothing to brag about. No. I, which I, first of all, I'm not coming back for at least a year. If you can't keep the dirt off your food, I'm not coming back. And, and, and they're all doing this. you know. And the other one was... Um, Chipotle, if you remember, Chipotle uh, came up with this, like, we are not going to freeze any foods. We are going to, everything's going to be fresh. And by the way, because we haven't frozen any foods, you might get E. coli here. Sorry about that. There might be some foodborne illness. Uh, And that's the thing with this McDonald's thing. Honestly, and I don't eat meat, as you know. If I did, I think I'd want the McDonald's burger to be frozen. Mm. Uh, it's a lot easier to handle. It's a lot safer. Uh, if you don't take, you know, high levels of uh, care with with uh, with meat that's not frozen, you are, you are likely or not likely, but it's more <clears throat> more likely. Well, there's to, a lot of really issues. good restaurants that that serve only fresh beef. Yeah, but, but that's they're not, not McDonald's, McDonald's, right? They're not good. That's not a good restaurant, and you don't have employees there that give a rat's behind about the product. Right, you, you've yeah. just got people that are making six bucks an hour, and and they they don't care. As someone who care. used to work at McDonald's, believe me, they I didn't give care. a crap about your safety. No. Now I love McDonald's. I you know, and I eat there uh, often. Um, uh, maybe too much if you're if you're watching on TV. Uh, um, but I mean, you know, look, I I wouldn't trust high school me. No way. Dealing with your food safety. No way. I, that's, uh, I mean, I, I, of course, do trust McDonald's all the time on my food safety, but I wouldn't want to take steps to make it harder for them to keep the food safe. <laughs> like, just keep it the way it is. It's, you know, if I remember correctly, a, a quarter pounder with cheese is a pretty damn good burger. Yeah. The idea you're going to make it better with, with making it uh, 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 fresh instead of frozen, it's, that's just in your head, most likely. Most likely, you're not even going to notice the freaking difference there. It's just going to be like, well, now it's fresh beef. It's just these dumb buzzwords to try to get people to go. Yeah. And I, maybe it works. I don't know. To me, it's just not. Well, it certainly hasn't worked for them uh, going green with salads and everything yeah. lately. I mean, they keep changing it and saying, we've got to figure out how to get new sales because the market sales is going slipping. down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you know what has worked? The only thing that's rebounded it? Breakfast all day. Breakfast yeah. all day. And going back to your basics. That, yeah. Nobody cares about if the meat is fresh today off the cow from the farm yeah i think we're at mcdonald's that's a dumb thing to trumpet to the world i just just really dumb bad mistake um did we we pick up did we get any of the things that we were oh yeah spoons today looks amazing and i does it i would like to know how i don't know about this in advance Uh, we should have been playing this for months ted's bulletin which is a restaurant in dc famous for its mock pop tarts We've got five different kinds of Pop-Tarts coming what? from Ted's Bulletin. What? Mm. I'm very excited about this. Wow. Um, I don't know if Ted himself sent didn't them. We, didn't we have I a... Doubt it. I think we had a video of that, right? And we said, we need that. We need that. And then we, now we have it. Huh. That. That's um, great. Supposedly today. So I'm very awesome. excited about that one. Um, and there was another thing Jeffy was looking up. Wasn't it? Weren't you looking something oh, up? The Oreos? The Oreos, yeah. It, does, it looks like it was a prank. Yeah, it was a prank. Had I, to I had to be. I mean, had I, to be. 
you know, that's a lot of people did that yesterday. And it's like, uh. yes. Yeah, Although I was, I was on uh, Reddit, and maybe the best one, and you'll appreciate this, Jeffy, on the weekend. Uh, and uh, they had posted a story about a prank uh, done by the uh, uh, by the website uh, Pornhub. Uh, who? Oh, I love Pornhub. Uh, they, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only he. Would, uh, oh, I love Pornhub. But it was it was oh, it was an announcement of a new feature on Pornhub, which was like, "Hey, you don't have to share videos anymore. Now we'll automatically be sharing them from your whatever you watch will automatically be shared from your your social media accounts." Nice. And it was trumpeted as this wonderful new feature. On the site. That's funny. <laughs> Although risky, I gotta say, you go there, yeah, and you funny. you forget it's April Fools. You're never going back to that site. Well, I that, mean, Jeff. First of all, that's not true. Thank you, Jeffrey. Okay. <laughs> But that one, that one made me laugh. That was kind of funny. The the Oreos that are just cream. All right. No, I get it. That's I, tough. You know, there was a bunch of those types of pranks. It's like the, we're now doing left-handed Oreos. Yeah. It's like, uh, all, okay. all right. That's, Whatever. You know. Okay. Uh, nice try, but stop trying. All right, triple eight seven two seven back. We we started talking about the uh, April Fool's stuff and forgot to actually get to the story involving the April Fool's stuff. Oops, uh, that was a Russians apparently trolling the Democratic Party in uh, an epic April Fool's Day prank. Uh, here here it is. You have reached the Russian embassy. Your call is very important to us. To arrange a call from a Russian diplomat to your political opponents, press one. To use the services of Russian hackers, press 2. To request election interference, press 3, and wait until the next election campaign. Please note that all calls are recorded for quality improvement and training purposes. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. weird. Uh, I mean, but... very weird. Uh, but apparently, uh, that's real, right? The Russian foreign ministry really did pay, post that on their uh, Facebook page. So they're basically just mocking, uh, you know, the complaints about yeah. about us uh, that we have over them. And, and you know, uh, likely <clears throat> they actually did do a lot of those things. But, I mean, it's a good way to answer it, right? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, do you hear this Mark Cuban uh, theory on what's going on with Russia and Trump what's while we're on, on Russia? Uh, here's uh, the Mark Cuban take on Russia. And I, it was, I find this to be eminently believable. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is so... This is... I, you know, again, Cuban is... On policy, I don't find him all that interesting. Uh, he's wrong on he's pretty much a lot terrible. of things. Um, yeah. You know, he understands business at some level, but he's also a, a much more bigger government than I am. Yeah, well, he claims to be a, uh, a libertarian. Which he's not. He's nothing he's, of the kind. He's definitely not. Nothing of the kind. However, uh, I, I do find him interesting when he's talking about how billionaires think. Because, you know, he's a very small group of people. And mm-hmm. I, I find this to be very, very possible. Here's my take on Trump and Russia. Russians have made him a lot of money buying condos and investing in buildings and hosting his beauty pageant. That okay. makes them his friends. Oh, you know that's true. Mm-hmm. You know that's true. That is Trump through and through. Absolutely. Uh, he ignored their backgrounds, but that's not unusual. Starbucks takes anyone's money, and so do most businesses, including mine. Uh, also, very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, should we p- put all of them up, or should we just be like one behind the <laughs> I know there's a lot of problems with this one okay I'm just gonna read through them and you can put up what you why don't you put up let's put them up in reverse order so if you 
if you're reading it, you're reading them backwards, and then we'll just don't really do okay. that. If, don't, <laughs> no, don't no, please don't do anybody. that. Don't do that. No. Okay, uh, he spoke favorably about Putin to get his approval for Russians to get money out of Russia and we're up Trump to number deals. four, by the yep. way. If you if you uh, can if you can play along on the on the screen, he saw it as easy money. <laughs> I mean, um, so, okay, so he spoke favorably about Putin to get his approval for Russians to get their money out of Russia and into Trump deals. Right, so Trump isn't going through I mean, every time he has a, a real estate deal and saying, well, I don't approve of what this person's doing in Russia. He's corrupt. Like, you don't do that. No. When, when someone wants to buy a fancy apartment that you're charging $20 million for, if they give you the money, you give it to them. That's mm-hmm. what you do. I mean, mm-hmm. and the same thing happens. No, no one, you know, no one's saying, hey, how come Verizon is giving phone service to uh, corrupt people? They don't check. The money comes right. in. That's it. Yeah. That's not their job. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, this didn't matter when he wasn't running for president and becomes more of an issue afterwards. Uh, as uh, uh, Cuban goes on, when Manafort was recommended, he didn't vet him. He saw it as a win-win. Win the election or open the door for more Russian business, which if you know Manafort would have done if he had mm-hmm. lost this election. Mm-hmm. Um, as people with Russian connects uh, came into the campaign, he had uh, no clue that those connections were possibly being influenced by Russia. Maybe no clue isn't exactly right, but I mean, it's pretty close to that. His lean campaign took direction from people he trusted, and he followed those directions. He had no clue where the Russians fit. When Manafort got hot, he got rid of him, but the campaign approach had been established. Banished, Bannon took it to the next level for the win. Dude, no chance this is a Donald J. Trump-led conspiracy. He isn't detail-oriented, organized, or big picture enough to pull off any type of conspiracy. That's so true. So true. That one is, I think, uh, other than his misprint of type and time, is completely accurate. Mm-hmm. That is not the way Donald Trump does things. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's like it was with a health care bill. He, it's, people are like, oh, he, he's a liberal on health care. First of all, he is a liberal on health care. But beyond that, it's not because he wanted this bill that he's a liberal on health care. He had no idea what was in it. None. He had no cares as to what was in it. He just wanted right. it to not be Obamacare. Yep. I, I want it to be my thing and not their thing. I want to win. I don't want to lose. That's the way Donald Trump looks at the world. Yes. Um, so uh, to finish this up, I think Putin recognized Trump's greed and took advantage by back-channeling coordinated misinformation in an attempt to influence voters. Trump had no idea this was happening. He was going to do what he was told to do, stick to the script and read what was written for him. Because he didn't recognize or understand it as, as it was happening, he has no idea what to do now or how to respond. So he turns to Fox News, and that's what he's been doing, which is basically just tweeting reports I, I, I word mean, for word from Fox News. I, I'll bet you that's exactly right. Yeah, it's a smart. I, it I think it's a sounds smart exactly right. All right. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up in a second. You can think about it. Yeah, think, think about, about it. about whether this is right or not. Because and, I, I honestly think... Uh, I think it is. I think it's right. And it's also like not a... It's not as big a criticism as could be leveled at Trump. I don't oh, think yeah. he was like right. tied... I, I want Russia to control our country or anything like that. No. It just was the easiest way to go. And it worked. that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Opening day baseball in Texas. I know uh, some cities around the nation mm. had baseball this weekend, but uh, the Texas Rangers opening today, this who, afternoon. Uh, who on earth cares about that? Well, the Toronto Blue Jays and Baltimore Orioles. They're playing, right? Are they playing two, right 205 now? Oh, yeah, 205 uh, Central. Okay. I mean, I know uh, they play this afternoon. I, I, I might be working in, at a sports bar today. I've decided. You know, this place, it bums me out sometimes. Mm -hmm. I I, I hit a sports bar, watch the Blue Jays, play my computer. I know that you've gone to uh, Toronto to uh, 
you know, witness a couple of games, and uh, you know, they've honored you as a sports celebrity. But yep. do they have some of the new versions of uh, food that's available at Texas Ranger Stadium? No. Uh, oh no, what do we have? Oh, what do we have now? Uh, the MVT. We should have a picture of that. Uh, the 24-inch version of the Tam Arlington dog. Hold on, they're still in Cuban tweet four. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, so say it again. What is it? This, it looks is, like this is the uh, MVT, the most valuable tamale. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. How long is it, Jeffy? 24? 24 inches. <laughs> the Tam wow. Arlington dog with a broomstick hot dog a... filled tamale topped with Texas chili, nacho cheese, <laughs> sour cream, and it's only 27 bucks. 27 Oh, good gosh. Are you kidding me? $27? How about the Frito Comanche Chili Dog? The Frito Comanche Chili Dog. Uh, Texas Chili All Beef Hot Dog Top with Sweet Kimchi? Is that what you're saying? Kimchi. Is that what I want to say? Kimchi? Oh, Kimchi, yeah. Kimchi. Kimchi. Chili Fresh Cilantro Texas Teriyaki Sauce and Classic Fritos. Uh, $10.50. Ten fi- okay. Okay. That's not bad. I, I, I honestly, for that thing, for tw- two foot of tamale, twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> There's a section at the Rangers Park that Come has on. all oversized foods. It's mm-hmm. like it's right behind home plate, basically. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I've never huh. been there, but they have like the the nine foot hot dog, and they're all really expensive. But it's the novelty yeah. of it. I mean, no, I guess I, honestly, the, the two foot delivery system is terrible because by the time you get to the end of it, it's just cold and, and, mm-hmm. and, and well, not in mm-hmm. Texas, it's not cold. What, anything else, Jeffy? Well, I'm going to go down to the really mm-hmm. expensive things, but the one thing that they didn't get a picture of here is the Texas snowballs, which sounded so good. The shredded brisket. Oh, we do have them. Rolled, oh, good. Rolled into balls and dipped in funnel cake batter, then deep fried, covered in powdered sugar. Those I'm, look good. Okay, brisket? it's meat brisket, yes, shredded brisket, yeah, no. chocolate and and sugar. I don't know about dipped that. Dipped in funnel no. cake batter. What else? No, that's more. weird. No, Give me that more. That's really, really weird. weird. Okay, available in sweets. Yes. A hot smoke turkey club, forty bucks. Hot smoke, forty. That's turkey. aggressive. I will yeah, say that. Forty dollars. Yeah, they don't have the pictures of these because I know we're running up Come against on. the clock. So I want to roast beef borsing ciabatta, right? Sixty bucks. Ciabatta bread. Yeah. You're talking about the roast beef. B o u r s i n. These are food words. I know you don't know normal English. I know you don't know normal English words, but I mean food. Sixty dollars. Ancho honey roasted rack of pork. God, you 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 you're like thirty percent on these words. It's incredible. I've never sixty bucks. even for you. This is bad. Pasta primavera, fifty six fifty. Is it pasta primavera? Is that what it is? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. And how much is that? Fifty six fifty. I will say. Oh, God. It's sweet food. It's sweet food. Come I will say, on. That is, that is one of the best food. foods I've ever had at a ballpark was behind home plate. They have a tater tot stand uh, <laughs> at, at the Rangers game, so they put oh, yeah, it's cheese loaded, and right? barbecue yeah, on that it. Yeah, sounds really oh, good. Oh, my God, that's that delicious. That sounds really good. So much good stuff here today, Hi. Pat. Pat and Stu, 888-727-BECK. 
What do you got, Stu? What kind of uh, fun stuff? Well, uh, you know, tonight is the uh, NCAA championship game. I do know that. Uh, Gonzaga, yeah. who has one embarrassing loss on their record. Um, yeah, and who and was that, it. too? I'm trying to think. Oh, who yeah, BYU. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Brigham Young Cougars. You did that right away. Uh, it took me a minute, but, uh, no, yeah. I mean, it was almost 79-71, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Yeah. You, you do. I do. Um, it's your one highlight uh, for the year. It is the one highlight of a otherwise kind of crappy basketball year, because mm-hmm. I expected much more of them. Uh, but, they, but I mean, Gonzaga has, mm. uh, they have one loss. Uh, they have a, a chance to, what are they? 37 and one. Right. It's a so, pretty good season. So there's only been uh, four teams in history. With one loss. With one loss. Right. Uh, and 38 wins. Wow. And 38 wins. There's been four teams. Um, three of them <clears throat> have been coached by the same man. Who is it? John Wooden. Incorrect. Jeffy? Ooh. It's not John Wood. It is not John Wood. That would be wow, my. That, that would have away. been my guess, and was my guess in the car uh, as I heard it on the radio. Three of them have been coached by the same guy. Yes, right. Three of them have been coached by the well, same then guy. This, Gonzaga would be the fourth. Uh, okay, I'm going to say uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, Dean Smith. Dean's a good guess, that but is no, a good guess. incorrect. I'm going to say uh, Jim Calipari. Yes. 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 It yeah. is Calipari. Yes. Okay. I knew I'd get there eventually. <laughs> so you got uh, uh, Kentucky? Calipari is Kentucky in twice. I know, yeah. And right. also Memphis, that Memphis team. Awesome basketball oh, right. coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, at he took uh, UMass to incredible heights. When yep. he left, UMass is nowhere to be seen anymore. Mm-hmm. Nowhere. Then he went to, uh, was it Memphis, Memphis. after that? Mm-hmm. And he took them to incredible heights, and now they're not the same. And then, you know, takes over Kentucky and... and because you, your mind Kentucky goes to Kentucky, Kentucky, Duke, Kansas. Like, you go to the top yeah, few schools to figure that out. Yeah, but he has taken dumpy schools. But Memphis and, and them, UMass is... Imp- I he mean, made them elite. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a believer in Calabari's uh, coaching. Yeah, no, no doubt about I'm it. I'm a believer. Um, so, but, I mean, that does not excuse what Gonzaga has been doing uh, with the mm. rape culture. I mean, as you oh, know, no, Gonzaga's no, a big, big, yeah. big rape culture uh, school. <laughs> um, and I, it's almost in like... In fact, a, I think it's their slogan. Yeah, we're, Gonzaga, we're, we're we like on, rape. We are. We're big we, on the rape culture. I, there was actually a report last week of a woman who was walking through the Gonzaga uh, campus and did not get raped, which was incredible. Wow. I think it's the first time it's happened really? in multiple years. Holy cow. Um, and I'll prove it to you. If you think I'm, mm. I'm, I'm BSing you here, let me, I mean, I will show you the t-shirt that proves okay. that all they do is rape at Gonzaga all the time. Here it comes. And feminists are very upset about this. Hide your eyes here if you're it is, squeamish. Uh, right here, uh, boys will be boys. <laughs> oh my gosh! This perpetuates rape culture. Are you boys will be boys perpetuates rape culture? <laughs> so what? boys being boys means they're rapists? Yes. I don't think so. You don't? I don't think so. No, I'm pretty sure no. Actually, that's, that's, uh, that's a pretty ugly thing to say about boys. I would think. Yeah. Uh, boys will be boys. That means wow. they're gonna. They're gut, Look, they're gonna <laughs> rape. They're gonna rape. They're gu- you're, they're, look, they're boys. Are they boys? They're yes. gonna rape. That's uh, <laughs> that's unfortunately the way it is these days. And, and you know, people wasn't there a song? Boys got to rape. Something like yes. that. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was. I think there's, uh, a, there's a song like that. Uh-huh. So. Uh huh. So, I mean, this is laughable. It's pathetic. And it goes further. You know, I, it does not ever seem to reverse, does it? No. It never seems to. reverse. No, it just keeps getting worse. More and more insane. Yeah, just unbelievable. Uh, so their uh, spokesperson, let's see, uh, Gonzaga is playing obviously uh, this the play this weekend. Uh, the administrators wanted to be focused on that and not distracted by a stupid T-shirt. And they're still letting um, them play. Yeah, they're still letting, even after that. What? We are aware of that. Seemingly simple statements can sometimes be interpreted to insinuate unintended oh. meanings. 
And when sensitivities are expressed, we take those concerns seriously. We respect everyone, and we want our apparel to reflect that. Is what the, this is what the freaking university said. Oh, my gosh. Um, what they did not say Unreal. is we're going to stop raping. <laughs> I mean, that was, it would be nicer if they said that. Uh, Wouldn't look, it? We all know. We'd all appreciate that a little bit. I mean, how about, a, how, can you cut rape by 10%? A little less rape. A little less rapity rape rape from Gonzaga would be nice. And instead, they're really worried about your t-shirt feelings. Uh, how about cutting rape by 15, 20%? Is that too much to ask? Uh, is that I, I don't really you, think so. Can you just promise? I, I don't know. You, you take a day. Thursdays, no rapes. How about that? Something like that? Is that possible? No rape yeah, Thursday. No, that's, <laughs> they, they won't. No. They won't do it. You know they won't do <laughs> it's it. It's impossible for Gonzaga. That's <laughs> this is the type of people they are, apparently, according to this story. Uh, which is really sad. By the way, and, and when I say the type of people that they are, when I say they, what I mean is boys. All boys are obviously rapists. Obviously. So there you go. Uh, and, and you wonder why we don't take them seriously sometimes. You wonder why sometimes maybe a real complaint occasionally could get even ignored. Uh, because it, 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 all this nonsense all the time is really hard to take seriously. You know, when you come out and you say, when you have the president of the United States saying that one out of every five women who go to college will be raped. It's so insultingly stupid. Mm-hmm. You cannot take it seriously. You cannot take these people seriously. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it honestly hurts, surely hurts real uh, victims at times. Um, you know, when you have uh, the, the person who wanted to be the president of the United States saying, you must believe people who accuse others, they, they, they have the right to be believed. What the hell are Crazy. you talking about? What country Crazy. do you think you're running for? And all this on a night when it should be a great night for Gonzaga. Yeah. You know, they're playing for the national championship. Instead, they're dealing with this kind of stupidity. Yeah. yeah shut up. I guess they'd rather shut be uh, dealing with this controversy <clears throat> than their loss to BYU. Which, yeah, you're right about that. They don't want to. They don't want to even think about that. I, it was fun yesterday because they were they posted uh, the the uh, records of the two teams uh, entering the national championship game, and I noticed. And one of the teams is 37-1, and one, and that one <laughs> mm-hmm. was represented by the Brigham Young University Cougars. That is the one in the 37 and. They are the one that beat them, that put them in a loss column, put the L up for Gonzaga. Big L. Big, fat, freaking L right there for Gonzaga. So it's, it's not the, you're not talking about the one that's in front of Gonzaga's name, which indicates no. they were the number one overall seed <laughs> no, in the conference that BYU that's plays not, in. That's not what I'm okay, talking about. I just want to make sure. I... I'm talking about the one in their loss column. Mm. <laughs> um, but I saw some other unbelievable numbers. Like uh, This is the 20th appearance of North Carolina in the Final Four. Incredible. The 20th. <laughs> Final four appearance. Unbelievable. And they and won by the way, five. Uh, by the way, I want to make sure that Gonzaga is the rape culture school. Uh, but if you allow men in women's bathrooms, there's no problem with that at all. Right. There is absolutely no problem. Wait. That doesn't perpetuate anything risky. Isn't that the truth? At all. That, there's no worries about <laughs> that one at all. That is, you absolutely have to do it or the NCAA Jeez. will not even show up in your state. Crazy. I mean, that it's is crazy. So freaking bizarre. So freaking bizarre. Oh, hey, uh, on sports here, real quick. I thought this is pretty interesting. Um, PragerU, uh, we've we played some of their videos before. Uh, uh-huh. They do a really good job kind of trying to explain complicated issues. And uh, this one is one I, I did not know. It's the opening day of baseball uh, today. And I say today because the Blue Jays play today. Who cares what happened yesterday? This is the real opening season. America's team plays today against the Orioles. And, uh, but they, they launched this video because what do you know about Ty Cobb? 
Every everyone is this terrible the bastard. guy. Bastard. Bastard racist, mm-hmm. right? Racist. That's Ty Cobb. Mean. Mean bastard racist. Killed a guy just to watch him die. Just to watch him die. Just Reno, to watch him die. I think. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we'll maybe say about two different people. <laughs> maybe. Uh, so, but maybe. Uh, Prager U actually has a defense video for Ty Cobb. He, maybe oh, he wasn't really? such a bad guy. Oh, not really? To my uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's check out their case. Okay. Watch. He was Major League Baseball's first superstar, the first man oh. ever inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, and he still oh, wow. has the I game's highest career batting average, 366, 366. almost 90 years after he retired. Holy cow. His name is Ty Cobb. Yeah, well. Yet despite his historic achievements, he is often remembered for being the worst racist and the dirtiest player ever to take the field. Right. If you know baseball, you've heard the stories. Ty Cobb would pistol whip black men he passed on the street. He once stabbed to death a black waiter in Cleveland just because the young man was acting uppity. Just to watch him die. On the field, he was said to sharpen his spikes to cut a rival infield. That's how he's He supposedly had no friends. In the movie Field of Dreams, Shoeless Joe Jackson says that Cobb wasn't invited to the ghostly cornfield reunion because, quote, no one liked the son of a A lifelong baseball fan, I believe these stories when I set out to write the first authoritative mm. biography of Cobb in 20 years. So have I. I've been hearing them all my life. And like a lot of people, I took the repetition as evidence. But to my astonishment, as I delved into the known material, newspapers, <clears throat> census reports, and personal letters, I couldn't find any proof that they were true. Mm. On the contrary, really? Cobb's teammates on the whole seemed to respect him, defending him on the field and off. Uh, His opponents said he played the game hard but clean. Hmm. Wally Shang, a veteran catcher, was typical. He once said, Cobb never cut me up. He was too pretty a slider to hurt anyone who put the ball on him right. One hmm. famous photograph from 1912 shows Cobb flying foot first into the crotch of St. Louis Browns catcher <laughs> Paul Critchell. It looks bad, uh-huh. but pictures can be deceiving. In reality, Cobb is kicking the ball out of Critchell's glove. He didn't spike the catcher. Critchell later said, in a way, it was really my fault. I was standing in front of the plate instead of on the side where I could tag tie as he slid in. Indeed, in 1910, Cobb actually asked the league to require that players dull their spikes. And what about the bigotry? Hmm. How could a man born in Georgia in 1886 not be a racist? Well, as it turns out, Ty Cobb descended from a long line of abolitionists. His great-grandfather was a minister who preached against slavery and was run out of town for his truth. Really interesting. His grandfather refused to fight in the Confederate Army because of the slavery issue. And his father, an educator, once broke up a lynch mob. On the subjects of blacks playing with whites, Cobb said, the Negro should be accepted wholeheartedly and not grudgingly. The Negro has the right to play professional baseball, and who's to say he has not? Well, he called mm. him a Negro instead of an African-American. Oh, my gosh. So you know the guy's a racist. You know the guy's... He used the word Negro. That proves the point. My grandfather always <laughs> says... He did, my grandfather didn't like Ty Cobb. I mean, he always talked about how dirty he was. I so. know. That's all I've ever I heard my whole too. life. I, Ty Cobb was bad. Ty Cobb was mean. Ty Cobb was racist. And you know what this reminded me wow. of? As I saw this uh, video and they were making this case, it reminded me of John, the John Ziegler story with Penn yeah. State. Right. And the same thing of like, right. you just heard these things so many times. You just believe it. You just, what, rep, what was it? Repetition winds up being fact or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It, it's so true. Yeah. You know, it's this thing of like, you know, I don't know. My belief is, Bill Cosby did all, all these terrible things. Um, and it does seem that way. However, mm-hmm. whether it did or not, I think most people would believe it. doesn't matter now. You know, it, it just, once you get into this mode, it's just you. true. Uh, here's uh, part two of the Ty Cobb clip. Okay. Cobb attended many Negro League games, sometimes throwing out the first pitch and sitting in the dugout with the players. 
He said Willie Mays was the only modern day player he'd pay to see. As for that black waiter he supposedly killed, well, in reality, he was a hotel night watchman and Cobb didn't kill him. He just scuffled with him. And oh, yeah, the guy was white. Now, Ty Cobb is like the rest of us, a highly imperfect being, too quick to take offense, too intolerant of those who did not strive for excellence with the same almost crazy zeal that he did. But a racist, a dirty player, not true. What is true that almost every accusation against Ty Cobb's character finds its roots in the same source, unfact-checked articles and books published after his death by a bitter opportunistic journalist named Al Stump, whom Mm. Cobb had once threatened to sue for making up stories about him. Wow. It didn't matter that Stump had spent little time with Cobb or that all of Stump's sources were anonymous, that sports writers who knew Cobb rushed to his defense, or that Stump himself had been banned from publications for writing lies. The scandal was titillating, and it stuck. Sure did. When the legend beats the facts, print the legend. Meanwhile, a good man's reputation lies in ruins. Wow. There are lessons to be learned here. First, it's all too easy to believe lies about people, especially successful ones. Lies take achievers down a few notches, and we like to hear that. And second, if a lie is repeated often enough, it becomes accepted as fact. This has consequences, because lies are the source of much of the world's evil, like the evil of destroying a man's legacy. In this case, a legacy that should be celebrated. <clears throat> well, he's in the Ty Cobb was the most exciting baseball player of all time. He once stole second, third, and home on three consecutive pitches. Wow. He once turned a tap back to the pitcher into an inside-the-park home run. What? He's not a racist or a <laughs> cheat. It's time to tell the <laughs> truth about Ty Cobb. There had to be an error there, right? Couple. Well, it wouldn't be an inside the park home run if there was an error. Uh, that's what I'm scored it saying. Wrong. But uh, how do you get all the way around the bases on an inside the park home I'll run tell you on why. a hit back to the pitcher? I'll tell you why. I was reading this guy Al Stump's column. He said he killed all the people in the field. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's right. He bastard. was a bastard. Well, and they were he all was, black uh, oh, okay. in, in the major leagues. They and that's the why it was okay. Team, that's why so he was, was never okay, charged. Whatever looked into it. I mean, this guy loves Doug Cobb so much. Why doesn't he marry him? Thank you. So thank you. So great. Thank you. I, but I mean, have you ever heard that case? No, even? I haven't. No. I've never heard it. <laughs> I've, never the, even heard I've the case. only heard the case against him. Yeah. But think of that. I, you know, he'd be a great guest. We should get him on. That would, uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah I like that. Especially um, now, he, remember, no, Ty Cobb's still in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he did does yes. have some recognition. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. You know yeah. What yeah. I mean? he, is, he is seen as like a great player who was a was incredibly a flawed individual. Yeah. yeah. You know, a terrible guy. Uh, but a three sixty six, not not a year. Yeah. Lifetime batting average. Incredible. 366. That's unreal. Uh, He also had 897, almost 900 stolen bases. He had 1,944 RBIs. I mean, wow. I mean, to give you on that average, too, if, of course, most people here will remember the, the legendary year John Olerud had for the Toronto Blue Jays as he challenged 400. How could you forget um, that? It was a big, a big... I do remember John Olerud. Yeah, he was, mm-hmm. he was a good player. Uh, but uh, that year, which he was, you know, he flirted with 400 for about half the year. Uh, he ended, They always flirt. Yeah. No one ever ends there. And no one ever ends there, except for, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, in Boston. Uh, but you have uh, uh, Ted Williams. But um, he finished that year. Now, this is a year that he was, he flirted with 400. It was a big, it was the, the story of that yeah. baseball year. Mm-hmm. He finished that year 363. So below the average year of Ty Cobb. Incredible. Incredible. That's just incredible. And I think Cobb had a few years over 400. Uh, Ted Williams was just the last to ever yeah. do it. Yeah. But 
Uh, it's, I mean, you can't even fathom those kinds of numbers now. You just, uh, it's, it's hard to imagine because nobody dominates the way Ty Cobb did. Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, those guys dominated. In addition to the 714 home runs uh, Babe Ruth hit, I think he was over 300 lifetime batting it, like 320 or something. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah but the guys so. can't do the drugs that those guys did uh, in today's baseball, so. And, and by the uh, way. That's the thing. They weren't doing roids back then. That's true. Instead, no, they, were, they were drinking all night. <laughs> yeah, I know. How they woke up to get 400 batting averages. I don't know how pretty, they did it. I don't know. Either. It's really amazing. <laughs> it sure is. I also say, you know, one of the things they point out in there, and it's true, if you repeat something about someone long enough, it is true. And, uh, Jeffy, uh, <clears throat> Jeffy, you're, you're uh, overweight. overweight. Now, when we started saying Jeffy was overweight, people need to realize uh, that he was thin. He was he was forty eight pounds. <laughs> it's worked when we so well. <laughs> he was forty eight pounds when he started working like, with hey, us in two thousand ten. So he's like, "What do you mean? I'm forty eight pounds?" We're like, "You look fat to me." We just kept saying it, and now he's look a at balloon. Him. It just shows you, right? Hey, when the legend reads better than the fact, print the legend. <laughs> it's that positive reinforcement that did it for him. <laughs> no, you are fat, Jeffy. Don't don't worry about it. You are fat. You can do and, it. And you, you, hey, you don't think no, you can eat fat. that next course? Yeah, you uh, can. Yes, go you ahead. Can. You can do it <laughs> and as jeffy by the way and for everyone who thinks that jeffy doesn't play into this as jeffy told me many years ago absolutely uh explain your how do you get fat how does that happen uh well first of all Stu, <laughs> you know darn well Stu, how to get fat when you're when, even when you're when not you're, when you're full and you're thinking to yourself oh i can't I eat can't another eat bite yes you can plow push through it, through it. push through oh, it man, you, got, you have to go that's the you jeffy way either that or like in my case you have a glandular problem uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> You've never discussed yeah, that before. I, yeah, in all the years gl- I've known it's you, it's glandular. I uh, so never I a mean, mention of the glandular. I don't like to talk about it. Oh wow! Yeah, because yeah, why do you feel like it takes? I don't want people to feel. You know, I don't. You? I don't want them to feel sorry for me. Mm-hmm. I you know, so I act as though maybe it's a result of food. But it's not. Oh, oh my gosh, oh this no. is terrible. Right? Uh, so, will you glandular be glandularly be eating fifty five <laughs> pop tarts in about five minutes? Well, is yes, that? but that's just to oh reinforce no. the fact that it's not a glandular problem, but it really is. Mm, that's so sad. Sorry, I've, I've been. Sorry, go ahead. Ty Cobbized. Uh, I'm fascinated now. I'm gonna. This is gonna lead to a whole stupid wasted afternoon of investigating Ty Cobb stuff. Mm-hmm. This is what I happens don't have to Pat. To. He goes down here. I just told you. Well, he told us something, but Pat will now go through and spend the day because yeah, this is what I happens will. with Pat. And then t- for the next four days. We will get a new cool <laughs> Ty Cobb fact every right. day. This, yes, you, you know, will. you know, the last time yes, this happened was Ed Sheeran. Ed oh, Sheeran, yes. the singer. Right. Yeah. Pat had never heard of the never guy. We of talked him. about him on the air. We were talking about how much money the guy makes for the next like several days. It was like, did you know he went to school <laughs> next door to the guy on that show? Who you? Yeah. It's like it's incredible. Pat, yeah. the, the Pat investigation is uh, is all is. You don't want to be the, the victim of it. No, you really, you really <laughs> you don't. don't. Ty Cobb's worst year was his rookie year, okay, where he hit 240. Oh. But uh, his batting average the next year was 316, 350, 324, 377, 383, 420, which I think is the all time record. I think 420 right? is the best ever, yeah. Uh, 420, 409, 390. Okay, so he goes on and on. No year from then on below 323, his last and final year 
as a Major League Baseball player. Incredible. He leaves the league batting 328. Wow. That's like David Ortiz. Ah, wow. Uh, Ortiz wow. with an incredible, an MVP, basically an MVP-like year last year and then retires. It's, uh, that's hard incredible. to do, too. Yeah, really hard I to mean, do. that's really hard to leave when you're on top. Um, we, uh, right. we, uh, do, you, which, do you have a direction you were going there, Pat? Because I have No, one. go ahead. Okay, let me give you this. This is uh, we were just talking about uh, Patriot Mobile uh, phone service. I don't know if they have the uh, the. I mean, the Galaxy S8, I guess, isn't out yet. Um, but we saw this video about what it can do, and it's really bizarre and pretty interesting. Ooh. This is, uh, I think, it's a BuzzFeed video. Is this video. the one with the Infinity Edge or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it looks look, cool. Look at how cool this looks, and look what it can do. Check it out. Go all the way underwater and be fine. Buzz That's feed, a big deal because a lot of people drop it in the toilet. Yeah, right? Jeffy usually mm-hmm. does. Uh, curved edge-to-edge screen. It's called the Infinity Display, and the display looks really nice. It's really cool. Wow. Um, launching its own smart personal assistant. This is it, so it's like their Siri called Bixby, but it supposedly actually works. Wow. Basic things like that, which yeah. probably okay. will work. This is what I thought was amazing. It can see with the camp phone's camera. So you point it at glasses, it recognizes what brand glasses it are, and it can pull them up for you to buy. No way. Super dangerous to be able to point your camera at something you like and immediately buy it. <laughs> it really does. Wow. And it can unlock by photo. So no one can hack into your phone because it's now your picture. The Galaxy S8 has fingerprint recognition. It has iris recognition, which is being able to unlock your phone with your eyeball. And it also has face recognition. Creepy, cool. Both? Both, yeah. Lastly, an accessory called Dex. This is amazing. I want this so Turns back. it into a computer. So Look at this. Yeah, mine goes to... up on the screen like that now. Up Good. on the television screen like that. Does it really? Yeah. But does it connect to a, la- a, a, a mouse and keyboard? April, April 24th. Uh, yeah. Wow. I mean. Really? I just, I've used it on the TV. Not. I don't know. About 840 bucks. Okay, I got to say, like, if I could get my phone to just plug in and, and put it on a screen and I could, I could use it like a normal laptop. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's a big innovation for me. Because cool. you could, I mean, they're already powerful wow. enough to do most of the stuff you need to do. That's the first really cool innovation I think I've seen in smartphones for five or six years. Yeah. I pretty mean, they, cool. they keep, well, we upgraded the, the pixels and uh, the, the camera's better. Uh, the camera, so that, that's, why, that's why we went from a, from a 5S to a 7S. It's, it's a better camera. So you can take better pictures. Yeah, I don't care. I like Although, the pictures I don't the care. last one. Too. I mean, I guess I, I, could, I guess you could plug the adapter in for maybe a mouse on this, but I mean, I've used it, you know, where it's up on the screen and you're using all your apps and everything from the phone. Yeah, I mean, I, there, I are, there are there are like additional cool. like, you know, there's Bluetooth keyboards you can use, but it's like it's yeah. it's not it's pretty clunky um, the way you can do it now. It, it seems like it's retrofitted. Um, here like they're right. actually it's like one of the designs of it and it can work as an actual computer I supposedly. It. I think it's, it looks pretty cool. Um, I, I'm a little, uh, you know, it's funny. I was, we have a, tomorrow on the radio show, have a Colin Hobeck on. And Colin is a guy who did a documentary called Terms and Conditions May Apply. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, it's basically like, what are, the, what are you clicking agree to on all these sites? Like, what's actually in there? Like, how does this actually work? Is this a good idea? Um, he's going to talk to that. And do those terms and conditions hold up in court? Yeah, do they, yeah. Like if you if if someone says like uh, you will be paying us, uh, you you cannot cancel this contract for any reason for the next ten years. 
Are you held to that? And like, I don't because know. Because what happens a lot of times is that a judge or a jury will say, that's an unreasonable Yeah, uh, there's no way they could have known there's that no was in there. There's no way. And, you know, especially if it's 900 pages, you're not going to read through all that, and everybody knows it. Right. You and just click yes so you can go on with your day. Now they're at the point where they don't even show it to you. Right. It's like, do you agree it's to the true. terms and conditions? You just click yes. yes. You don't even know what it, they are. You can link to them if you want to view them, but no one does. Well, you see them the first time, right? I think, I think when they update it, like the first time you do it, uh, th- I don't even know if that's the case every time anymore. No, yeah, I don't no. know. I don't know. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk to him about it. But I, it was interesting because I interviewed him on Wonderful World Stew four years ago, maybe, about this documentary. Um, and it was, a, it was an interesting interview. And I, I, we went back, because we were doing the um, interview tomorrow, we went back to look at for the prep for that. And in the intro to that segment, I was joking about how like the NSA is always spying on you. And now they want access to your fingerprints. They want the fingerprints to unlock the phone. This is incredible. Four years later, it is such a part of my life to log into these apps and to the phone with, with my fingerprints. Finger I don't even think about it. Yeah. I don't even think about it. It's easier. <laughs> it, I don't have to type the stupid the four digits. Yeah, it saves me like a half a second. It's handy. A hundred times a day, and I am I would be very upset By if I lost that By the end of the day, feature. you've saved a second and a half. Almost. Right. But not the, quite. Not, not quite. almost. Well, it's second and a third, maybe. But the, most of all, you've actually saved uh, wear and tear on your brain of trying to remember all the numbers and passwords and everything. It's just my fingerprint. I, I got to say, especially because you could argue maybe you should have more numbers to log into an app, like to get into the phone. But once you're in the phone, I love the ones that don't ask me for passwords. Oh, me too. And just ask me for fingerprint. <laughs> Yeah. I hate remembering them. I hate trying to find them. It's, I, I mean, no. you have to do a different one most of the time. Yeah. And, and they all have their different restrictions. Like, mm-hmm. you must use one of these symbols. You must use capital letters. <laughs> you must use numbers. It has to be at least 19 characters long. Yeah, like, and no. do a squiggly line and underscore. <laughs> underscore. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't want to. I know. Um, all right. So we right. have um, a, uh, a big spoons today. Um, for big people, and right. they're very important. This is, uh, this is a, a apparently a big DC uh, deal, and we've got. Uh, I think we actually had the video of this place. Yeah, I can't wait. A month or two ago, they're these crazy pop tarts. We're going to try them next here on Spoons. Back very in a exciting. Second. See you then. Bye bye. Well, come come right back though. Yeah. yeah. We are very excited for this. Uh, our own Marissa, who went to D.C. for something, who, who knows or cares what, we don't even know. Um, Whatever. We, kept, we were criticizing her the entire time she was gone because she's not, she doesn't have the fat guy brain. Yeah. She's like, oh, uh, here's some crazy food these idiots I work with uh, have to eat. Uh, let's just bring out whatever. And, and she, you know, like, she's just like healthy and stuff, and it's annoying. So uh, here we are criticizing her while we're she's in, about firing her. Yeah, well, yeah, it. we definitely are thinking about firing so. her over it. However, here she is in Replace Washington her with D.C. A fat guy, and she's doing some other work there <laughs> or whatever. And she thinks enough to stop by Ted's Bulletin, which I'm is a serious. restaurant in D.C. famous for its mock pop tarts. Now we're not. And then she fire brings her. them back, and she Look toasts this. them, and now we love her again. We love her. Uh, so here we She'll go. Let's try fired. these. Um, these are, as you can see, kind of. Okay, we're going to try the first. The first one is strawberry. Strawberry first. I'm gonna get, get a little break here in the middle. Kind of give you. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. look at that. Now These look at, do look like the actual pop tart rather than the other one, which is oh. toaster strudel. Yes, I will I say, however, look love. at the gap in, in filling them. I know. Right off the bat, I uh, know. It's kind of could sad. be a little bit too puffy, but we're gonna try it anyway. Let's give it a taste. 
So, mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. are these homemade? Oh yeah, you can tell. I mean, they're definitely not from a box. But um, I will say that it's it's got that pastry-ish, almost mm-hmm. biscuity mm-hmm. flavor for the actual uh, pop tart itself. The filling's mm-hmm. excellent. Filling's really good. Very sugary. Ted's a little um, little little weak on the filling on that one. Really? On the strawberry. A little well, a little what weak you do on the filling. Peel away the outside where it has no filling in it, and then just. I know. Jeffy once walked me through a really brilliant philosophy for a pop tart. Now I'll show it to you here. Here, let's start mm-hmm. with the blue. The next one's blueberry cheesecake. By the way, blueberry cheesecake. Now you might say, "Hey, I'm going to mm. break this in half." If you want to not eat the corners, you might break it in half like this. And Jeffy, oh, and there's a lot more filling. In this oh, one. look at that! Look at that! There you go. You see the blueberry. This one's actually bulging in the middle where yeah. the filling is. Now, that's a side by side delivery of your blueberry cheesecake, which is interesting. Because uh, I had the same thing. Yeah, the cheesecake is holding its shape nicely. Okay. But as Jeffy pointed out, and you can't really do it with this one, <laughs> if you break it into fours, you don't have to eat any of the corners. Yeah, good But point. this one, because it's split, we can't really do that. Here's the blueberry cheesecake. You can take mm. it right, right in the middle. Mm. Oh, that's a little bit good. Mm-hmm. I think I like strawberry better, mm-hmm. but that's good. Blueberry's pretty good, though. It's okay. The blueberry I like. The cheesecake's a little weird. Um, it, it's a little bit, it's not sweet enough for me for cheesecake. Blueberry is excellent. Now, I will say, in uh, Ted's uh, bulletin's defense, these were purchased Saturday. Right. It's currently Monday, so we're a so couple days old. So they're not totally fresh. Not currently fresh, but worth it. And, and by the way, these are both of them are good. Um, I yeah, like I give the blueberry maybe a... Oh, yeah, should we do the ratings as we go? Yeah. Um, the blueberry... The, the strawberry was like a 14 for me. Okay. Blueberry, maybe 12. I'll go uh, um, a... Uh, the strawberry, I'll give a 12. Uh, blueberry, I'd give a 10. Jeffy, um, not, not, not oh, I'm still eating. I'll catch up. Go ahead. Okay. Um, here's the um, the brown sugar cinnamon. Um, so you go to the middle here and look at that. I mean, that's a nice that brown a sugar filling. cinnamon sounds really good. Really doesn't good it? brown yeah. sugar and cinnamon. Um, and you could do this one. You can do the Jeffy way. So you break it into fours. And look, you have this whole area here that right. you can get to very easily. Mm. This is and, and people and. say. You're so mm. mean to Jeffy. Look at I mean, someone who gives advice like that mm-hmm. is a man who understands his craft. Plus. When you break it into fours like this, it makes it so much easier to dip into milk when you have it. No, man. Yeah. I'm going to hit you so hard. I was so just defending hard. you. And I, oh, God, I'm so angry I did that. I really like the cinnamon one. Oh, my That's God. Good. That's a burst of cinnamon flavor. Mm. Oh, yeah. The cinnamon one is fantastic. That's really good. I'd say the cinnamon's a That's 16. top of the line. Yeah. I'll give it... Um, mm. I'll go 16 as well. Jeff, did you want to catch up on the ratings? What about you? What? And uh, finally, this is the one that Pat was most excited mm-hmm. about. Very excited about the caramel. As I've noted mm. before, I'm obsessed with caramel and lemon right now. Mm-hmm. I'm on Nutella. Nutella? <laughs> I had Nutella gelato yesterday. Oh. Nutella gelato? Oh, my God, was it good. Oh, man. I mean, this is why we look like this. This is the problem. Where did you get that? <laughs> Capitalism. I got to go get some today. Yeah, I'll get you the location. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have an app where we just, just us three, share where we eat. Okay, look at the caramel <laughs> filling in that. Oh, my. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Right there. Right there. Another gap, though. I've noticed that they, they have a big gap. Yeah, they do have a big gap. gap. They make yeah. it puffy, so it looks like, oh, that's stuffed full. Yeah. So now, I wonder Goodness. if you eat it there. I wonder but if it has, not. like, extra condiments you can dip the corners in. Why, why would they... Condiments? Mm. Yeah, you know, extra cinnamon, extra caramel. Why would they... Because this is too much. This is a waste. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of dough. you got to dip it into Shut something. Shut up. I'm trying this. Mm. The caramel is... Mm. Not as good as the brown sugar. 
I, I don't think it is. It's pretty close. You know, you know what it tastes like to me? It's like pecan pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sweet. Tastes like pecan pie to me, that one. Well, the caramel might be a little overcooked or something. I, I don't know. They went maybe a little too far to, to where it kind of sugars, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, is that pecan in there? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I think we've been tricked. I think it's a pecan pie. It's like, yeah. It is. It's like caramel pecan or something. That's why. Chris, do you want to yeah. answer for your crimes? Or do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All you did was just, you did ship and, well, actually, yeah, really smuggle a bunch of Pop-Tarts halfway across the country. Mm-hmm. And we're disappointed in one of them, even though it's still really good. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? No, uh, thank I'm gonna you. I'm going to give the caramel, because uh, I don't think it's caramel, it's pecan. I'm going to give that a 12. Okay, and I would say, yeah, I would say a 13 for the caramel. I like it. I would rank them, um, uh, I would go number one, brown sugar cinnamon, number yeah. two, caramel, number three, strawberry, number four, blueberry cheesecake. Really good, though. Mm. Mm. Pretty good. Jeffy, your rating? You want to sound off? Yeah, do right. you say it now? Well, let's do them all up. Um, it's Pat, Stu, Jeffy, a bunch of crusts from Pop-Tarts. Uh, just joining you, too. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I gotta say, Labor of Love is one of my favorite groups of people. Uh, they are people that have been around Fantastic. for a long time, doing real charity work and helping people all across the country as it relates to the 912 Project and groups like that. Watch. We're with uh, Labor of Love, and uh, this is a... A uh, service uh, organization that I, I don't even know if I can call it an organization. It's a group a of friends, group of friends and, um, and people who consider themselves family uh, from all over the country that get together and work on service projects. Joel, tell me about the Kingdom Life Academy. Kingdom Life Academy is a Christ-centered, problem-based, real-world learning experience uh, school that we're targeted at giving students the opportunity to influence and serve others through Christ, also to give them the skills and the training to break destructive cycles in their lives, and also to have them concurrently graduate from us with a diploma, and also create one of the uh, a complete one of the certificate thirty two certificate programs at the Tyler Junior College, and so the the purpose of it is we're we're targeting students that are at risk, that um, that are in danger of dropping out of school, that cannot. Traditional education is not working for them, but they cannot afford a private education. And we're a very specific niche. And we want to reach these kids that are on the verge of dropping out and becoming a liability in our community and transform that. Well, that's and not an easy them. job. That doesn't sound like a job I want to sign up for. It's, it's challenging. Yeah, I bet it it's is. It's challenging. Um, and we want so to... So what is your... Where did you come from? Because did you start it? Yes, I'm the founder. I mean, so... Like I said, not a job that I would sign up for. I'm just a school teacher. It was God. I mean, God began to put this burden on my heart when I started in elementary. I was a fifth grade school teacher. And I'm watching particularly boys drop out of school in their hearts. Yeah. Because the traditional education to sit and get all day was not working for them. And they needed the hands-on, real-life experience. And so God began to change me. 
and it helped me to change my educational approach and to put more of the control into their hands, empowering them. Yeah. And then they begin to take responsibility and, 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 and enjoying that experience. When he moved me to middle school, I started a group called Men of Issachar after school program because the school was tough. And we had young men more and more dropping out in their hearts because it was sit and get all day. And we it was aggression. We had drugs going on in our school, fights. It was it was it was out of control. And out of that, we started the men of Issachar. We started reaching these young men. And, and I began to see that with the hands on real life experience and giving them the responsibilities of life, then they were thriving. But at the same time, they were failing in the traditional academics. And so God spoke to me in 2011. He said, you're to start this school. And there was a group of people, it was 10 of us, that God was also stirring their hearts up and seeing the need. And we met at our church, my church, and we talked about it, prayed about it. And, and we knew God was saying church. And part of that group was a, a family that actually gave us. We've been donated 23 acres that we are now in the preparation of building our school. Right now, our school is located at our church. But um, in the, within the next month, uh, we'll be actually starting construction in the North Tyler area, right next to the middle school where I was working. So it's in the heart of the community that we want to serve and rescue these young people. But we want to break the spirit of entitlement because we're raising up a generation that feels like the world owes them something. And we want to turn that and teach them to serve rather than to be served, serve. And recognize the importance of giving back and working for what's given to you. You ask my students, what does P-I-W mean? They're going to tell you it means putting in work because we work and we let parents come in and students coming in. You're going to work. They run their own kitchen. They have their food handling license. They cook their breakfast and lunch. They do their own shopping. They create their own menus. It is the empowerment. We want to maximize every opportunity that we can we can within our educational process, within our program to empower them, to give them responsibility. And when they make mistakes, they learn from that. Right. I was just talking about how they they messed up because we had a shifting of team members within the context of the food service uh, program. And they didn't buy enough eggs this week. Right. And so they ran out of eggs. I said, I'm not going to buy eggs. That's your problem. (laughs) You know, you guys have to figure that. What are you going to do for breakfast? And so now they're figuring out things. They're problem solving, but they're taking responsibility for their choices. But on the same time, as as Susan mentioned, we want to teach them to give back. Yeah, you're poor. I mean, our students are poor. And uh, they're coming from hard backgrounds. Most of my I mean, our students, we have three that have been abandoned by their parents, mother and father. Mm. You know, other people are raising them. And but we don't want them to use that as an excuse. And we want to put them in the opportunities and responsibilities where they can serve. We're in, we're in the nursing home every Friday, singing, interacting, serving the residents there. We've connected with the Tyler City Code Enforcement and they contact us and give referrals when they come into uh, disabled and elderly people who can't clean their yards up and, and on the verge of receiving a citation from the city. And we go and do the work for free. And it's hours of hard work, but sometimes backbreaking work. But our students do it because they see, again, as we're talking about, the blessing of, of watching the joy and the tears of someone who couldn't help themselves. And they're able to go out and serve them and meet those needs because young people want to be empowered. They want to know that they can make a difference. And we want to give them those opportunities to make a difference in the lives of others. Joel, you should get somebody who's passionate to talk about your story. He's on the edge of his seat the whole time. I'm like, go, keep going. So um, how are they doing academically now? They're doing well. It's amazing because, again, what's your graduation rate? We're about to graduate our first two. We just started. We're in our fourth year. We're graduating our first two young men. And they're a huge testimony. They were both with me in middle school. Both failures. Christian Espithia, this young man, his mother, she's a single mom um, and uh, struggling 
And her son, he was failing everything. He was just talking to our students yesterday uh, in, in our devotion time about how God has tra- transformed his life. He said, I, 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 I was dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. I'm struggling. I was failing all my classes. I knew I wouldn't, even made it, wouldn't have made it through high school. He's completing his last year of the certificate program at, John, at uh, Tyler Junior College. He will graduate with, from us with a diploma and graduate from Tyler Junior College with his certificate in automotive time. technology. Wow. Ready to go to work. And the same thing with Jaquan McKenzie. He'll tell you, if he was sitting here today, you ask, what would you be if it were not for Kingdom Life Academy? He'd be locked. He'd say, I'd be locked up. Because I was in trouble. I was in trouble constantly, breaking into in the cars and the vehicles, stealing, all these different things going on as he lived in this, this apartment complex because he grew up without a dad. Matter of fact, his mom, he's not even living with his mom anymore because she was negligent. And, and he knew, and he, again, he, likewise, he was failing all of his classes. He could care less about school. But now within the context of Kingdom Life Academy, he's been empowered, he's been challenged, and he's finishing this year as well with a certificate in HVAC, heating, air conditioning, and ventilation. And he's ready to go to work. Ready to go to work. So great. So how how did you guys... How did you guys get together with Joel? How did you find out about Joel? So, so a listener of your program heard about Labor of Love Tyler, knew Joel and put the two together about less than a month ago. We most of the time do not know what we're going to do in the city where we go. And, and that becomes apparent as the group of volunteers come on board and as we get to know that community. Joel just described something that is so important. And you asked how... How, this, how Labor of Love works. It works like what he described. People come there not knowing how to paint a house, how to do a task, uh, and, and they come and they work hard and are tired at the end of the day. Boy, that sounds just, I mean, it sounds just like me, except for the work hard and being yeah. tired at the end of the day. But then we also have people... Not knowing what to do or, do, or not knowing how to do it. I'm in on that part. But, but then we also have people who come and they cook for the group. We we eat together like a family. We, um, we that was my first experience, uh, my first recollection with you guys. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I invited you. You know, I flew in, and I'm like, hey, these people will dine with me, of course. <laughs> and I invited you someplace to have dinner, and you were like, uh, no, we're busy. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I think. Oh. Okay. I think we were having dinner with them. Yeah, you were. You were having dinner with <laughs> yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Which made it worse. And uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. No, it's, it's, um, it's doing things that are uncomfortable to you change your own life and then that will change the country. It's not about the work. It's about the process of, of feeling empowered and that you, you know you So can what do are it. they doing for you? They're going to come and help us in our garden. We have about a 6,000 square foot garden that our students are working on. And, uh, and we're a small school. We've been basically overwhelmed, really. We have eight students. And we need help in and, uh, and, and helping us weed and, and, and plant and put, and put in compost. Because one of the things that we want to, our students are harvesting and they're using in their kitchen the, the vegetables, the produce that they're actually producing. So they're going to come out and really work with us, work alongside of our students, and which I feel like is going to be a... A big opportunity um, for us. Okay. <laughs> We're all going to do it. If I want our it. students to meet other people that, you know, because they live in this closed world of poverty and many times of hopelessness. And to be able to see their people that are willing to come out from all over the country to serve alongside of them and to bring them encouragement and hope and say, you're not in this alone. And, 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 and we want to serve with you and to be able to build relationship. That's what I'm excited about. 
You know, it's great that they're going to help us, but they're going to, I mean, with the physical aspect. But more than that, it's relational. It's relationship. Because people matter. And we want them to see that and experience that firsthand. 